Welcome to the Courageous Worth Podcast. I'm your host, Empowerment Coach, Ashley Baxter. Every Tuesday, I bring you interviews with inspiring guests, and every Thursday, I share a little message with tips to help you live with courageous worth because you are valuable and desperately needed in this world. Today on the Courageous Worth Podcast, I have Stacey Brass Russell. Stacy is the founder of Inspired Evolution LLC in New York City and is an evolution life coach and business strategist. She works with soulful and creative individuals who want to overcome life's challenges, confidently embrace change and take action so they can evolve and use their passion to prosper. Hey there, it's Ashley. I hope you're enjoying this episode. If you're looking to gain more confidence, you can get started today by taking my free short video course entitled Four Mindsets to Deeper to Confidence. You can sign up for it at theashleybaxter.com backslash free course. So pause this episode right now and head over to theashleybaxter.com backslash free course to grab your free gift. I am here today with my friend Stacy. I am so excited for you to hear all the amazing things that she has created and how she is helping people. And she has so many fascinating things about her life. And one of them is that she played one of the orphans and Annie on Broadway. So Stacy, please tell us a little bit about that. Like how old were you? I'm just so excited. I know. And Andy does tend to get people very excited. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so I was actually in the original production of Annie. So I uh, was in the show when I was 10 years old, which was in 1979. Um, I came into the show as a replacement in the first round of uh, when the first, the original orphans were starting to leave and a second round of orphans was coming in. And that was when I came into the show. So when I was in the show, actually, Sarah Jessica Parker was Annie. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I uh, auditioned, you know, Aunt, look, Annie, for people that are maybe in, the, you know, that are millennials, Annie did not have the same impact on their life. But if you could imagine the Hamilton effect, that's what Annie was like in terms of, um, you know, at, at the time that Annie was on Broadway, it was a, a Every everyone wanted to be in it. Every little girl and actually many little boys <laughs> wanted to be in Annie. Um, you know, I I went my whole life. I was in you know showbiz theater and I went to sleepaway theater camp and I was always in theater. And one thing I know is how many uh, how many of my peers, even when I was in college, like how many people you meet that say that Annie was the thing that made them want to be a performer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you, so if that, if they were anywhere between, you know, like five years old and, you know, 15 years old when Annie was on Broadway, I think it was a huge, um, motivator for so many of our current artists (laughs) decided, uh, from, from being from, from just, you know, the show itself. So it was a very exciting time. And, um, you know, I went through my most rigorous audition process was for Annie. I mean, I was in, I've, you know, went on hundreds, thousands of more auditions in my life uh, after Annie, but that was probably one of my most rigorous auditioning experiences as a professional uh, performer. Oh my goodness. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I was, so I'm, I'm only 10 years younger. So I was in that prime age where Annie was part of my childhood. I remembered, I don't even remember what these were called. It was something in between or maybe before VHS tapes, but they were these huge, big, I mean, it was like the size of a record that you would put into a player. I don't remember what it was called. But I remember we only had Annie and and one other thing, but Annie was like a staple, like, yeah, just, just amazing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it's always, it's a, you know, I love it being part of my story also, because, um, you know, I have always, as an adult, something that I've said a lot as a coach and when people, you know, when I'm having conversations about people say, why are you an evolution coach? And I'll talk about how, you know, how I have actually made so many changes in my life, like changes in my career, changes in my work, um, and always have, you know, felt like what I was essentially doing was kind of up leveling, mm. you know, myself and people, um, when, when we're having these conversations about like how challenging it is to make change, one of the things that I always say is, you know, I am someone who has always said 
yes, like I'm going to go for that, even if I didn't know how. And I do look back on my life and I feel like it started with Annie, that it was, you know, this thing that at that time when I was 10 years old, I I didn't even know that it was something where I would think I would like that and then right away think, but I don't think I can have it. And I think that's something that happens as we mm. age and get older is that we start to accumulate these thoughts and these beliefs. And sometimes it's, I would really like that. And then immediately followed by, but I probably can't have it. And when I think about my journey of, you know, being in Annie and the idea that I don't remember there ever being a time that I thought I can't, I can't be in that or I can't try or whatever, you know? And, and, and so I think back to that time of how, you know, Annie, Annie was happening. Everyone wanted to be in it. My parents were not show busy parents at all. And, you know, I, but I was taking dance class and, you know, doing things that, you know, kids do. And I happened to have some, some talent and, you know, the, that other people were recognizing, right? Like my dance teacher or the people at my camp or whatever. And they were kind of saying to my parents, you know, your kid is talented, you know, and my parents were so young and naive and they were like, oh, that's wonderful. Like they just thought, you know, everyone's kids are talented. And, <laughs> you know, and so when I started saying to them, you know, I, I would like to, you know, be an Annie, they were like, oh, okay. You know, and <laughs> so even when I went and met with this children's talent manager, you know, when I was at that age and I told them I want to be an Annie and even they were like, oh, um, okay, well, you've never gone on any auditions before, but, you know, we'll take it, you know, one step at a time. And then a big audition happened for Annie and I went um, with hundreds of girls. But, you know, I just really do think about that time as the beginning of my sort of journey of, of getting to have that experience of, if there's something that you want, you're just going to figure out like what steps you need to take to at least be on your way to getting there. I love that so much. And I think it speaks a lot to, I feel like when someone has that type of confidence and everything and just like, no, this is what I'm going to do. It shows a lot about the people that are around them. Like, yes, your parents didn't get it, but they, you know, they, <laughs> but they weren't stopping you, you know? Yeah. And I think that's huge and amazing. It, it's huge. And I'm very fortunate. And, you know, now as a, as a, as an adult, well, I've been an adult for a while and I've been doing things that help other people for a long time for, you know, more for a couple of decades. And I do know I've, I learned, pr you know, pretty early how fortunate I was that I had parents that were so supportive and that were, you know, really encouraging and really no one ever said to me, you can't, you know, no one ever said to me, you know, no, no, you can't, you're not good enough. You're not talented enough. And I recognize how lucky I am because I know that that is not everyone's situation. And many times and many of the people I work with, and I'm sure that you work with, given what you do, um, I do spend a lot of time with people having to kind of support and help them to, you know, get into a place now in their lives where they can change that story or that belief that someone that, that was Im imprinted so long ago. Um, and that can have such a, the ripple effect and the impact on, you know, the action that someone may take in their life can be, you know, it's incredible. So working with people to, you know, to kind of undo or rewire, however you want to put it is, is something that is, you know, a part of my work. And I know it's part of your work too. Absolutely. And I, I agree. I think that so many times people don't take those steps back to really look at where some of those limiting beliefs came from. So I love that you do that. And you're, business is called inspired evolution, which I love. It's so inspiring <laughs> in the name itself. So what is it all about and who do you help? So, yeah. So, you know, what it's about is uh, inspired evolution came about because I, you know, as you, as we now know, I was a performer and I really did spend a lot of my, you know, my life in show business. Um, and then at the same time, I also had 
you know, had difficulty and hardship. Um, my father passed away when I was 19, when I was a sophomore in uh, college at NYU. And it was kind of like this interesting simultaneous thing that happened, which was that I got cast in my next Broadway show, uh, which was Fiddler on the Roof, um, while I was right when I was supposed to be a senior in college. And it kind of coincided with the aftermath of my father dying and my mom not really doing very well. And it resulted in uh, some really, really bad financial, um, you know, situation. And so it kind of coincided with my not probably wouldn't have been able to really go back to school for my senior year because the finances just weren't, you know, weren't there. The money wasn't there. Um, and so, you know, I, I got to go be in a Broadway show and I kind of, you know, just, I looked at it as, all right, well, this is the universe telling me that, you know, I, I do have a career. I am a working actor, which is like all my friends that I was in college with, that's what they would have liked. Right. Um, and so I didn't go back to school for my senior year. And I, you know, I was in Fiddler on the Roof. Um, and I kind of looked at it as, like I said, a sign, but, you know, the next couple of years of my life were really challenging because I was, cut off unexpectedly. And again, I know these are like, whenever I have these conversations, I know that other people didn't even have the luxuries that I have that, you know, that I was being supported, uh, being put through college, but that abrupt out of nowhere being cut off and being a performer in New York City, where unfortunately, part of what you need in order to make it is you need money because you have to take your lessons and you have to you know, you have to be able to go to your vocal coach and you have to get headshots and, you know, you, you, you have to be able to be on your game, you know, and then if you're struggling and living, I was living in sublets, I was living on people's couches sometimes um, in between, you know, getting a show. And, you know, a lot of times also you work out of town a little bit, like you go to a regional theater show and come back. And, so, you know, this time of my life where I was working as an as a performer and having the, you know, the the a great experience technically, right? Because I was working and I was doing shows, but at the same time I was having this real struggle in my um just in my personal life of like I was financially it was really really challenging living in New York City, no supplemental support. Um and so I started and I was very unhappy waiting tables. So like I really didn't like having that as my money job. And so I had this opportunity. I'd started practicing yoga and I was really loving yoga. And this was kind of like before yoga was super trendy. And I had this opportunity to train to be a teacher, like the place that I was practicing yoga. They were like, you would be a great teacher. And they made it you know, an irresistible offer for me to do a teacher training. I thought, well, this could be a great way for me to make money when I'm not acting because I'll enjoy it. And so I started, you know, I, I did my teacher training and I started teaching yoga. And all of a sudden, so many of my skills as a performer were translating into the classroom and students were really like really responding to me because I was comfortable in the classroom. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I don't have stage fright. I wasn't uncomfortable talking out loud. And I really loved creating an experience. You know, I loved putting together the music for class and adjusting the lighting and kind of taking people on a journey, which is what I had been doing for my whole life as a performer, right? I mean, that's what we do. And so teaching yoga became so, um, enjoyable and I was making money and I was being successful. And I just kind of like saw this as an opportunity for me to have certain things that I wasn't able to have um, when I was really like focusing only on my performing career. And so I really evolved into being a really successful yoga teacher. And then the opportunity came for me to open a studio, which was very scary because I thought, I don't know how to do that. But that was another time where I was like, I'm just going to say yes to this opportunity and see where it takes me. And so then I was a small business owner with other people, but I owned a studio. Um, and when that stopped being like fulfilling the same way when I realized I don't like waiting tables, I should do something else that makes me feel happier. When owning the studio started to get heavy and sort of like, wow, this is not what I thought I was signing up for. I started thinking again, like, 
I'm not the kind of person that thinks that I'm stuck or that this is my lot in life. I'm like, I, and so when I did my first coaching training, it was because I thought, okay, I want to figure out like what's next for me. Like, how can I, you know, how can I up level? Like, I don't want to leave owning a studio and then feel like I'm now going backwards. So what, what does it look like for me to move forward? And so Inspired Evolution, when it came time to kind of name my company, Inspired Evolution really felt so on point because one of the things that I think people come to me for, because they know my story, a lot of people know my story. A lot of my um, original clients were yoga students of mine for either, you know, 10 or 15 years who saw all of my journey, who know, who came to see me perform because I've never stopped singing. I've never stopped performing and kind of see me as this person who incorporates everything and keeps moving forward. And, you know, for me, Inspired Evolution is you're, you're never a failure. Just because you may change what you're doing and start something new, it doesn't mean that what you were doing before that you failed at it or that you sucked at it or that it was a mistake, but this is your opportunity to evolve. You're a human being. We're designed to keep evolving. We're designed to keep um, responding to the changes of, of life and the changes of our environment, because what is outside of us is the, is always going to be in an ever changing state. And as human beings, if we are resistant to that, we are going to start having that thought that we're stuck because what we're not doing is being in kind of response and flow with what's happening outside of us. And so that's, the long answer for what is inspired evolution. No, I love it. I love it. And I love how you help people realize that they're, they can have more to life. Like that is, that's something that I have really enjoyed about being a business owner is that there's so many opportunities, even in the day to day. That's like, you know what, this part today is bringing me more joy and I'm more excited about it. So I'm going to do that. This part is not as much. So maybe I'm going to outsource that. (laughs) And I know it's on a very small level, but I feel like so many times I've been in so many jobs where you just think, okay, this is, I'm doing this to get a paycheck. This is what life is like. And you know that, no, it can be so many different things, but sometimes we just have this very small view of what life is supposed to be like. And so we don't go there. What, what do you think like with every, all these different people that you've worked with, like, what do you see being the common roadblocks that keep people stuck in that one place? Well, I think, I think that a lot of the people that I work with are people that um, often either went to college for, or just even when they were younger, had this idea. Like a lot of the people I work with are creatives. They're people that maybe they were going to, maybe they did start off like trying to make it in show business, or there's some sort of creative, or, you know, whether it's writers or dancers, or a lot of the people that become yoga teachers or people also that kind of come from that same background. It's like you, you, you know, you kind of go to college and you have this idea that you're going to, you know, be, you know, either a creator or an artist or in service. And then you get out of college. And in order to pursue that work, you have to earn money. And so a lot of the people that I work with are people who, whose money job ended up becoming their job, like for a really long time, because the other thing, and I always talk about this, like, if you're, if you're like, if you take pride in what you do, if you are always the person that like whatever job you do, you're going to do it well. Like you're not, you know, no one that, that I work with is the kind of person that's going to do a job, whatever it is. And, and kind of do it schlocky, you know, like everybody that I, that I work with is almost like a recovering perfectionist. Right. So we're all these people that whatever we do, we're going to do it the best. We're going to be the most reliable. We're going to be the most, you know, like whoever I ever worked for in a money job, they always begged me to like come on full time. Like everywhere I ever worked, they were like, don't you want to just do this for the rest of your life? I was like, actually, no, I don't. But I'm so glad that, you know, that I'm serving you. I'm so glad that I'm, you know, that I'm making you feel that I care a lot about your business. And so a lot of the people that I do help are people that get to this point 
right? Whether it's 10 years in, 15, 20. And so that means what? They're anywhere from, you know, in their 30s or, you know, often more, 40s, 50s. And they go, whoa, like life has gone by. And I am feeling this this yearning to be using my gifts and my skills and like what I love doing, like I I'm musical or I'm creative or I like being in front of people or I like affecting people. Like I like helping people, you know, because even if you're a performer, such a driving force of that is, is how much you, you get by knowing that you're giving other people some sort of an experience of, you know, whether it's that you're, whether it's just joy and that they're enjoying it or whether you're moving them emotionally or you're making them feel, you know, something in their heart. I mean, that to me, that's why I go on stage is because, you know, there's nothing I want more than to, you know, make an audience cry. Like to me, that's like, the, you know, <laughs> and the reason for that is because I'm like, oh my God, like we're as, as human beings, we're designed to feel and we have to, we have to have that experience or we're not being human and then we're not living, you know, we're not, we're not living. And so everyone that I work with is someone that has this desire and maybe they've gotten to a point where they realize that they're not doing that. And the thing is, is that you don't necessarily have to, I, you know, no one that I work with is like, I'm 50. I want to quit my job and start auditioning again. Like, that's not the thing, but it's kind of like, well, what, what do you want to do? Like, how do you want to bring that part of you forward and how do you want to use it now? You know? And so that's really a big part of what I help people do is sort of, you know, I don't, I don't always like to like reconnect, but like in a lot of ways, it's like all of us have the things that we know we're good at, that we love doing, you know, love talking to people, love listening, love helping, love, love doing it through the the lens of health or love doing it through the lens of yoga or love doing it through the lens of, you know, neuroscience or whatever, um, or through art or through creating or, you know, being in service, whatever. And I help people believe that if that's what they feel is important for them to do, that I support them knowing that like, it'll be challenging to make that shift. It'll be challenging to, to change because change is really hard, but you can do it. I've done it. I've done it successfully many times. I don't feel like I've left any parts of me behind. Every day I wake up and I'm like, oh, well, I'm working on my podcast. So that's another way that I'm using my skills as a performer, as a voiceover artist, as a, you know, a connector, as, you know, a charismatic person that, you know, whatever. So, you know, I feel like we all can do that. We just need we just need support. We just need, we need someone to, that sees that vision, you know, and that's what I think I'm really good at. I think I'm really good at getting with someone and then being like, Hey, I see the vision for you. I see this possibility. Uh, Do you see it? And then, you know, if you do, then let's, let's figure out like what you, what you have to do in order to like start feeling that this is incorporated into your, into your life, whether that's like creating a new business which I do with people or just making sure that they feel more aligned so that they're showing up every day using more of that, of what they know are their like passionate gifts and skills. And that, that also comes into, I know what you do, you know, the worth piece, you know, it's kind of like, I think we feel much more worthy when we learn that like we have things that are special and unique about us, no matter what work you're doing in the world, that should be with you. It should be what leads, what you lead with. Absolutely. I know. I, I believe that if each of us stop trying to be like some other version of ourselves, and if we were just our true selves and just led with our true gifts and passions, that this world would be such a more beautiful place filled with so much goodness, so much more goodness. And so I love that you are helping people unlock that in their journeys. What has been one of your favorite experiences with a client to see their transformation? So I have used this, this one person, she's going to be like, all right, already. <laughs> but I use this story because it's my, it, I love it so much because I look, I, I work with a lot of coaches 
and I work with a lot of yoga uh, teachers and I work with a lot of, um, I work with a lot of people who come to me already kind of knowing what they would like my help creating. Like they come knowing they want to have a business, but they, but they're, it's not happening. Like they're not getting clients or, you know, and so I do help so many people, you know, with the a big thing is with their gifts and skills, like really helping people to hone in on their secret, you know, special sauce, and then also on their messaging and all of that. But, but I also help people figure out what they might want to do if they come to me and they're like, I know I have to be doing something else. And so my favorite story is, you know, my, my client who um, I met her because she was actually working at the container store and uh, which I don't know if you have that where you are, but I know it's like a national store. Anyway, when, when I moved into my apartment that I'm in now, I I got a walk-in closet and I was like, I need, I need to have my walk-in closet, you know, with the right shelving and all that. So I went to the container store and she was my person who helped me design my closet, you know, so we spent some time together. And of course we were, chatting and she was someone who came to New York originally to be a performer, you know, and here it is years later. Um, and, you know, but we like totally hit it off and we followed each other on social media. And a few months later, I, she, you know, I see her booked in on my schedule for a discovery call. And, you know, we get on the call and she said, I've been working at the container store for 16 years and I need to figure out what's next. Like I need to do something, you know, new and I have no idea what it is. And when she came to me, the number one driving force was leaving the job. And within our first call, we had, I had, you know, I'm not saying I convinced her, but through really, really good conversation, you know, I helped her to realize that she could stay in the job and that having that security and that, and that, income would make it possible for us to start creating her new business, which also came out in this one conversation where I focused entirely on what do you love? Like, what are your, what are your passions, gifts, and skills? And this is a person who identifies as the one who everyone calls when they're coming to New York City for recommendations, for, you know, like for, you know, she takes people around. Her favorite thing is showing people whenever she goes to other cities, she's the one like that's the leader of the group. Everyone's like, oh, you just decide what we're doing. Um, And we ended up creating her business, which is, you know, a, I mean, I'll just say it, it's called a day off with Sharona and her business is that, you know, you can hire her to, you know, if you come to New York City, she will plan your entire day um, and be with you and take you to things that are not touristy that you would never know about. Now, obviously, during the pandemic, we had to launch her virtually. So she's been leading virtual tours right now. But that was probably the most exciting thing was to help somebody go from thinking they just wanted to quit their job and they had no idea what it looked like. And she was thinking, oh, I'll I'll just apply for different jobs. And we ended up creating what I think will be, especially once she can, you know, once people are traveling again, is going to be an aligned, amazing business that she is, you know, is going to wake up every day feeling so excited that she's using all of her gifts and skills. Because even as a performer, it's the same thing. She's charismatic and, you know, loves to talk to people. And she's all about people. She's all about you know, when you go to a city, you should be connecting with the actual people of the city and not just doing this sort of like touristy, you know, thing where you look at buildings, but actually like interacting with, you know, people that actually have businesses. And so anyway, that is one of my more exciting stories. And, you know, the transformation mindset wise of, you know, first of all, kind of even the simple reframe of seeing her current job rather than as like, you know, like this constricted place of, you know, now I have to get out to actually reframing that and seeing it as the thing that can fund the next, the next thing or the dream, you know? And uh, so that transformation. And then also, you know, we have to have these conversations often, you know, why, you know, why are, why will people want to work, to come to you for, right? Obviously there are other people who do tours or whatever, you know, but 
why her? And I think that that is a huge thing when we're supporting people in creating their own businesses. Look, no one's doing something that there's no one else in the world doing. Everybody, we're all doing something that there are other ones of us, right? And so the thing that we have to all know is that like, we're the only ones though, that are us and how we bring our lens and our perspective and our personalities and all of the experience of who we are, um, that that's what makes our particular clients right, resonate with us and choose to work with us. And so I do think that's a huge mindset thing that, you know, that I help people with and with Sharona in particular, you know, like it's been really powerful to, to just keep saying like, let's remind ourselves like why, why you are different. Like why would people choose to, you know, to come and spend the day with you yeah. <laughs> instead of with, instead of with another tour guide yeah. in New York City. Oh, I love that so much. I, uh, I just, I can't imagine what a transformation that has been in her life and brought her so much more joy and purpose and alignment. Like that is, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, well, and Courageous Worth is all about living from a place of recognized, unconditional self-worth. And it's courageous because that can be really hard in the midst of either external voices or internal voices, you know, telling you that your worth is conditional based or that you're not enough, all these different things. And it's clear that you help your clients so much in that areas. And so what have you seen like that is just a really good thing for people to remind themselves that they are worthy and they are, their voice is needed? I think, you know, uh, I think that one thing that, that, that I often have to uh, kind of invite people to do is to remember why they decided to do what it is that they want to do. And what I always remind people of is we do not ever make that decision in a vacuum. Like nobody wakes up and thinks I should be a blah, 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 you know, and, and with no reason to think that. And I, you know, very often when, when, when people are entrepreneurs or they're really, they're like kind of trying, you know, they're really working in their business. One of the things that I think can happen is we can, we can start to lose that connection to like the original reason that we thought we should do what we're doing. You know, like, um, you know, for me, even though I'm not a health coach now as my business, when I think about why I chose to do my very first coaching training, which was a health coaching training, was because, you know, as a yoga teacher, I was talking to people every single day who were sharing all of these things with me about like their physical body, their emotional life, you know, they were just sharing with me. And I started to feel like, wow, there are so many people that need another level of support from me that I feel that as just their yoga teacher, it kind of feels like, ah, like, a, you know, I need, I need to like go the next step so that I can feel more confident that I can offer them a different type of support than just like, you know, well, you know, I'm really supposed to be talking to you about your yoga practice and not other stuff. So um, I do remember that when I became a coach, it was because I saw the need right in front of me of how people responded to me. What did they want from me? And I think that that is a huge thing that we must do. And when when someone is starting to question their worthiness of doing the work they want to do or their confidence, I always say, let's go back to what let you know that this is what you should do because you were getting signs. Mm -hmm. You were getting signs, whether it was the way people ask you questions or what people start to come to you for, even though you're not officially that. Or, you know, you, you know what you're good at and you know it by by looking at the way other people have reflected that back to you. That's a big, big part of it. And, you know, and that is one of the number one tools that I use. I say, let's go back. Let, let's, let's go on a little timeline search and let's find the evidence that is there because it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And that's such good advice to anyone and everyone <laughs> to go back and look at those things. And I know that you have, um, you have a couple different systems that you've created. And one of them is the evolve system. Can you share what that is and how any takeaways that the person listening right now can take with them? 
Yes, absolutely. So Evolve is what I call my system of change. And so I have two systems, Evolve and Serve, right? Evolve is the system of change and Serve is the system of organic service-based business strategy. Um, and so, you know, I mean, we've already talked about the fact that, you know, I became a yoga teacher and I started teaching yoga and that became a huge 20-year, you know, part of my career. Um and also training other people to be yoga teachers. And so for me, one of the things that became really important uh, for me as a teacher of yoga was making sure that in the yoga classroom that I was always teaching philosophy of yoga um, and the spiritual, not spirituality. Like I always say, like I'm very known for being kind of like non-religious spiritual, you know, like meaning I really do believe that we are designed to be connected to the universe. We're of the universe. There's, you know, we have to believe that there's some sort of source energy or whatever it is for you, whether it's the word God, whether it's universe, whatever it is. But, you know, in the yoga classroom, I always really felt like my job is not to just make people think that yoga is about the poses and that it's just a workout or that it's just a physical practice, but that it's really a practice that is designed to impact your nervous system and that we need to get to a certain place of uh, ability to relax or to calm the nervous system and to have a clear mind and all of those things that we know yoga results in so that we can then operate from that place. And so a big part of, for me, what I always like kind of felt like, like I wanted to disrupt the idea of yoga being about just putting you into some sort of like Zen bubble where nothing bothers you and you're just so peaceful and Zen. And I was always like, but that, you know, the minute you walk outside the yoga room, that's over, right? I mean, the minute you go into the world, your Zen is over, you know? (laughs) And so, so what yoga is really for is to make you more capable of showing up to life and being in choice and being really uh, able to take action that feels aligned. And so the Evolve system for me, once I became a coach, I was like, how do I incorporate all of this 20 years of practice, knowledge, experience, and, and what I know to be true, which is also neuroscience. I mean, yoga is neuroscience. How do I bring that together so that for my clients and for my, you know, with the people that follow me, I mean, I do a lot of things on social media. I do lots of, you know, free, I do a lot of free stuff, right? And how do I support people in this, you know, using all of this stuff that I have? And so Evolve is really a system of change that that outlines this merging of yoga teachings with coaching, which is, again, like, as far as I'm concerned, like, not that far off from from the sort of the system of yoga. And so Evolve stands for expand, visualize, objective observer, let go to let in, versatility, empowered action. And what it is, is it's, those are the six steps, according to Stacey, (laughs) that will help you to become someone who goes from feeling constricted and contracted around difficulty and thinking that like you're stuck or thinking that, you know, you have no options, which is often where we are when we're about to experience change, right? So change can either be voluntary where we're like from, you know, where we're like, wow, I think it's time for me to do something different or leave this job or whatever. But that's still uncomfortable because nobody just wakes up and goes, I'm going to quit my job and everything's going to be perfect. Or it's involuntary. Like when I said my father died, you know, Mm -hmm. out of nowhere when I was 19 years old, or, you know, we lose someone or someone breaks up with us or we get fired, whatever those things are that are the unexpected changes, either way, our brains respond very similarly, which is they don't like change. And so we immediately hone in on our suffering. And that's kind of like where yoga begins, right? Yoga begins with, okay, human condition is that we often feel like we're suffering because things aren't always perfect. And so the Evolve system is about us, about the steps that we take to go from that contracted place to being in empowered action. And it's all about expanding your 
lens and your perspective, and then taking these steps to be able to visualize what you'd like, to be able to become the objective observer, which is all about looking at your meanings that you make of things in your belief system, and then let go to let in, which is about healing, surrendering, releasing, what's not working. (laughs) At what point do you want to decide like, well, okay, you don't need it anymore, you know? And then um, versatility, which is the ability to make a choice, right? Choosing. That's what is the whole thing. The whole thing is getting to the point where you see options and then empowered action. You know, actually doing that thing, which is inevitably going to be something that scares you, right? I mean, like the minute you're doing something new, you're in risk mode, you're in, you're outside your comfort zone, but nothing ever happens. We do not change or do something new without having to take that terrifying first step that feels like we have no idea what the outcome is going to be. But the truth is, is that we can load up. We can use tools so that at least when we take that super scary step, it feels like it's coming from a place of power and a place of confidence that like, we know it's what we need to do. And whatever the outcome is, is going to be whatever it was meant to be. So that's the, that's the evolved system. Uh, that, you know, I, it's not that we have to do it in that chronological order, but, but it's really becomes wonderful when I'm working with someone and something comes up and I can say, great, like, what do you think, like right now, wh- how can we step back and become more objective right now? How can you see this, not from only your own point of view, but, you know, how do we do that? Or, hey, where are we right now? Are we in contraction? What can we do to start to just create some expansion, even if it's physical? Yeah. You know, like physical expansion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I, I just, yeah, I just can imagine all the ways that it helps people take those steps of change and, and just a very holistic way and holistic in regards to like whole, like all the different areas as well as holistic in other ways. But yeah, um, I think it's, I love it because it just sounds like you walk people through all these different areas that they need to explore where sometimes I think that we get so excited about an idea that we just start, we just, just get me there. Just give me this, you know, point and we don't do all the work that's going to set up us up best to be there as well as give us that the endurance and longevity we need to be there as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, listen, some people are, you know, like we all have different areas that we tend to get caught, like kind of, we all have different stuck spots, you know what I mean? And, and so this system is like, maybe someone doesn't need every single, every single part of it. But I do think that, you know, one of the things that I think if you, you know, one of your questions that you, that you told me you might ask me is like, you know, what do you think are, is like the biggest thing that comes up for people that you help? And, you know, the answer is overwhelm because what happens is, is when you think that there's a million different things that you need to do in order to get the outcome that you want, right? Like, so let's say you, you need to make a change or you want to make a change or something's happening. It, it feels overwhelming because you're like, I don't even know where to begin, but I know that there's these million things that I need to do. And the systems that I create, my intention is to help people to get out of overwhelm. So that instead of it just feeling like this overwhelming sensation of, I don't know where to begin. I don't know why I feel this way. I don't know, you know, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do I think that the minute we give we give ourselves and we and I help people to feel that they're okay there's a system like it's I get it but there's a way to get out of overwhelm and I think that that's one of the most important things because when people find themselves in that paralysis or in that inactivity or they're not doing anything very often it's not because they don't want it it's not because they're they're like lazy or it's because they've become paralyzed and usually it's because they feel overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, and I'm excited because you have a group program that's starting in April. So tell us a little bit about that and how people can get involved. So that's actually called out of overwhelm oh, and into action. <laughs> yeah. So, so that is my, my group program that helps, um, starting out service-based, um, you know, I, I've learned that not everyone thinks of themselves as an entrepreneur. So I've stopped only saying entrepreneur because I know that when people are in the early stages of their business, they might not 
think of themselves as an entrepreneur, but I help service-based individuals um, really understand that there's a foundation for laying down a business. So, you know, one of the things that so many people that are empaths, that are service-based, that are heart-centered, that are soulful, that are creative, one of the things that they resist is, and I put myself in that category for a while, but now I'm past it. But the category is, I just want to do my work. I don't want to have to create the clients or do the marketing or sell anything because that makes me uncomfortable. So all I want is to just stand here with my wonderful services and gifts. And I just want people to like come and want to work with me. And unfortunately, we can't build business. (laughs) It doesn't work. So, you know, so what I do is I really do help people like that to, you know, not feel like they, they, they have to do things that are uncomfortable because I'm all about organic service-based business strategy. And I help people to really also understand what you really need to do for a foundation. So rather than you just started out, you have no idea what you're doing, you're all over the internet and you're thinking, should I take out Facebook ads? Should I pay for a funnel? Should I do this course? Should I do that? Should I hire a social media manager? (laughs) Whatever it is. And then my answer is no, you shouldn't do any of that because none of that is for someone who doesn't have a business. And so I help people to organically really nail down what their gifts and skills are, what their niche is, what they really do, their messaging, their, you know, really all of these things help them start developing their their content so that, you know, you can show up and you can start to attract and you can start to have a business and you're way before you need to be, you know, buying a Facebook ad or whatever. And so out of overwhelming into action is that it's a five month group coaching program. It's high touch. It's a lot of amazing content, 16 master classes, um, and, you know, a lot of one-on-one attention from me. It's a small group program. It's not like a course where you're one of hundreds, you mm-hmm. know, it's a really intimate program. And I have helped so many, you know, people really create their, create their, their businesses and put their foundation down. And so that starts in April. And um, yeah, a lot of the people that come into it have already started their businesses, but they're just not getting the consistency of clients and income yet. And a part of that is just because they don't have a system. They're just winging it. Mm -hmm. And so my hope for Out of Overwhelm is that I take people from feeling like they wake up every day and they're just throwing spaghetti at the wall to feeling like, oh, I actually know what to do every day. I know what actions I'm supposed to take consistently in order to, you know, make a business. Yeah. Now, one of the best pieces of advice, and this is not exactly what was said to me, but basically just the whole concept of so many of us have so many great messages to the world, but if no one hears it, it's not going to impact them. And so I love that you walk people through that process of getting their voice out to more people. Yeah. And look, being seen and heard, there's so you've asked me, like, what do you think is the the biggest struggle? I'm like, there's a lot of struggles. One of them, (laughs) one of them is also that vulnerable piece, right? That Mm -hmm. being seen and heard. Like, you know, again, I said, Oh, I'm so lucky. I love being on I love, I'm happy to be on camera. I mean, that's like I'm an actor. Yeah. But think about how many people are not and mm-hmm. they and and the idea of doing Facebook lives or the idea of putting photos of themselves, you know, on social media is just, you know, yeah, it's terrifying to them. And then on the other hand, I have to help people have to say, okay, I get it. But in this day and age, like with the availability of online, you know, everything people are, people need to see you. Mm -hmm. They need to hear you and see you. They need to connect with you on that level. And so I'm here for all of that. Like, let's find what feels authentic. Let's do it the way that feels right to you, but we got to find the way. Right. Because if what you're saying is I want a business, but I never want anyone to like see me (laughs) or or hear me, (laughs) it's going to be really hard. Right. Right. No, I completely agree. Oh, well, and where can people connect with you online? So, uh, well, I have a website, www.stacybrassrussell.com. And I I do have uh, a gift to offer to the Courageous Wealth audience. Um, and so if they you know want to go there first, that's 
my website with a slash courageous wealth. And that is um, going to be a strategy practice that I would love to share with your audience, which is for them to be able to wake up every day and get out of overwhelm and figure out what they need to be doing either in their business or their life for that day. So that's something of an easy way to find me. And then, you know, I, I'm, I have a presence on Instagram as me, Stacey Brass Russell, and I do have a Facebook group um, called Passionate and Prosperous. Uh, and so those are like, you know, I put out a lot of, um, a lot of content in, you know, like I said, for free, I believe in being in service and I want to support uh, people as much as possible. So in those areas, there should be plenty of <laughs> plenty yeah. of ways to to find stuff. No, and thank you so much. I'm so excited to um, promote all of that. It'll all be in the show notes and links so people can easily connect and find all those places. So thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and in closing, there are two questions I like to ask each guest. Yeah. So one is what is one of your favorite qualities about yourself and how do you live that out? I think one of my favorite qualities about myself is my um, my personal connection. I think that I'm. I think that personal connection is something that I value, and I think that it comes through in my business as well as in my personal life. So, um, you know, I, I'm I'm really available. I'm that friend that like remembers everyone's everyone's everything. Um, I'm the person who goes, hey, we can't let too much time go by before we have a dinner plan or whatever. And I think that my in my business, I think that I'm the same. I'm that person that reaches out to people that comment and say, I'm struggling with this. And I, I think I show up. So I'm a real shower upper. So I think that that's um, and therefore I make a lot of personal connection and people feel seen and heard by me. I think that that's probably one of my best qualities. I love that. And I think that is huge. And it just, yeah, I, I've just seen that it's one of the big lessons in life that the more that we show up for people, it just really communicates to them how worthy they are, that they are worth being, you know, connected to and, and supported. So I love that so much. And the last question is, if you were given a megaphone that could speak to everyone in the world, but you could only use it one time and say one sentence of advice or wisdom, what would it be and why? It's going to be change is never a sign of failure. It is your opportunity to evolve. Mm, I love that. I love that. Oh, well, I am so thankful to have had you on and I'm just excited for the person listening right now. I love how you help people, whether it is them following their passion to create a business or following their passion just to figure out how they can produce that in some way more in their life and find more alignment. So if you are listening right now and this message just really spoke to you, I hope that you'll connect with Stacy. Again, we'll have all the information in the show notes. And Stacey, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Ashley. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for being so generous with your questions and your time. That wraps up today's episode. Check out the show notes for links and contact info. I would love to know what spoke to you in this conversation. So please chime in on social media posts about this episode on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can find me at the Ashley Baxter on all platforms. Also, if you haven't rated this show or left a comment about it, please hop over to Apple Podcasts right now. By doing so, you help these messages of courageous worth reach more people. Until next time, remember that you are valuable and desperately needed in this world.